We'd also like to thank him for our worship team and the Hope Singers. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Let's just bow our head for a word of prayer before we look into the word. Father, we thank you for your incredible gift, Lord, that we at this time of the year celebrate. Lord, as we look into your word tonight, the Apostle Paul tells us that your gift is indescribable. Lord, I pray that tonight as we share and think together, Father, that you would expand our understanding of your, your mighty grace to us. What a powerful and a wonderful God you are. and What an incredible gift you've given us in Christ. Lord, we love you, and we are here to glorify you, Lord, to fellowship with one another and to draw strength from each other and indeed to uh, encourage one another. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, how are you tonight? Uh, isn't it a wonderful season to be thankful? You were waiting for me, weren't you? <laughs> how many of you expect to get some sort of a, a gift uh, tonight or tomorrow? A few of you? Okay. I want to talk with you tonight about what Paul says in the passage, the verse we're going to use for our text is in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, the 15th verse, and Paul says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And I want to share with you something about the indescribable gift. But to kind of set the stage and help us come to grips and, and relate, if you're going to be receiving a gift uh, later tonight or tomorrow morning or so, have you ever been in a situation where you've been unable to describe the gift you've received. <laughs> now, there are different, different occasions for this. Now, in one situation, you can receive a gift. You're, you're, it's, it's the perfect gift. You're so overwhelmed with emotion that you are absolutely speechless. Isn't that true? And you say to the person who's given it to you, you say, how beautiful, how did you know? It's the very thing I've wanted. And you're just... You're, you're so filled, you, that, that's about all you can get out. Isn't that true? You're just, you can't hardly describe your, your emotion, or you can't even basically describe the gift. You're so taken with it. Then, of course, there's the other side where you open it up and you, you say, how beautiful. <laughs> just what I always wanted. And then, of course, there is the response when you open the gift and you look at it and you say, oh, what is it? You see, there's a number of, of responses, aren't there? And of course, there's a response that when you open the gift, you care so little for it that you don't even bother to try to describe it. And you know, what we do with a gift says loudly what we think of the gift giver. Isn't that true? Speaks loudly of what we think of the gift giver. In each one of those responses, various people have responded in those manners to the very gift that we're celebrating this, this season, this night and tomorrow. People open up the gift of Jesus and 
They hear of the gift of salvation. They hear of God's love towards them, and they say, oh, oh, how nice. Thank you, but they put it aside. Or they say, oh, what is it? And some are so overwhelmed with emotion, so filled with thankfulness, that this gift is so perfect, so meets the need in their life, that they can't describe it. Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift to us. As we contemplate that verse and that very thought, we think about being unable to describe a gift. Our failure at being able to describe human gifts doesn't necessarily mean that the gift is, in fact, indescribable. Isn't that true? Somebody can describe it. Certainly the person who maybe gave it to us or the person who sold it or the person who manufactured it will be very able to describe it even though we are not able to. And for a gift to be truly indescribable, it must be more than human. It must be more than human. If there's no person who can describe it, if it's truly indescribable. Paul, in this passage in 2 Corinthians, when he talks about this indescribable gift, he's talking in the context of giving. He's sharing with the Corinthian church the benefits and the the blessings that come from giving. And as he talks about giving, his mind automatically looks to God. And he exalts in praise and thanksgiving for God's gift. He's been describing the Corinthians' gifts human gifts to the poor church in Jerusalem, but now his mind is drawn to that superlative gift from God, the indescribable gift. You know, for centuries, men and women have tried to describe this gift, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation. Great musicians, poets, painters, sculptors down through the ages have tried to picture, have tried to capture the beauty of this gift, have tried to describe this gift. And yet, over and over and over, they continue to do so. They know that they can't quite capture it. I was listening to Handel's Messiah recently, and the great and glorious choruses. Bach wrote his Christmas oratory. Beautiful music. Outstanding. And yet those two pieces, as glorious as they are, the greatest of human efforts to describe the indescribable, they can't match the great angelic chorus over the fields of Bethlehem that night. Imagine the angels singing praise and glory to God in the highest. Imagine the praise and the worship that goes on before the throne that that John describes in the fifth chapter of Revelation, verses 13 and 14. The praise is so marvelous. The worship is so wonderful. It's so important that it goes on without end, that they praise the Lord forever. Why? For His indescribable gift. Even in heaven... As perfect as we will be, even our praise still falls short of God's great and glorious gift. 
Awesome, isn't it? God's gift is indescribable to us. Why is it indescribable? Oh, there's a number of reasons. But first, we have to consider the nature of the gift. The nature of the gift comes in the fact that the gift is the person of Jesus Christ. We can't fully understand him. We can't fully understand who he is. We understand some things about him. It's an awesome thought that God became a man and lived amongst men. God, in an effort to communicate to his creation who he is and what he wanted, became a man to come down and show us what God was like. Who is he, this Jesus? How can we describe him? Well, if you go to the Gospel of John, he describes himself first as being one with God. He says, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is one with God. He is called Jesus. And Jesus means Jehovah saves. Isaiah, the great prophet in the Old Testament, called him Emmanuel, God with us. And so Jesus is claiming to be God. Claiming to be God. If he is so, then God by very nature is indescribable. That's why he became a man, so that we could get to know him and relate to him. That's why he was born into this world. God is indescribable. What does it mean to be self-existent? What does it mean to be eternal? Listen to those terms. What does it mean to be spirit, to be infinite? We, we have those words, but they describe concepts that, that we have a hard time relating to. Infinite. Spirit. Omniscient. He knows everything. Omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Those are words that convey concepts that help us describe God. But they fall short of the, the great magnitude of his glory, don't they? He's indescribable. He's indescribable. Remember when Moses was confronted by God in the burning bush in the early part of the third chapter of uh, Exodus? Moses sees this bush and it's on fire, but it's not burning up. Caught his attention. <laughs> Goes over to the bush and the bush says, Take your shoes off, you're on holy ground. And after they get a conversation going, God has communicated to Moses that he's going to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And Moses says, well, who should I say sent me? How should I describe you? What's your name? He said, tell him I am sent you. <laughs> that has a ring of finality to it, doesn't it? <laughs> tell him I am sent you. There is no other. I am how do you describe I am? Moses was awestruck. We have a further difficulty in trying to describe the indescribable, this gift. It's called the Trinity. Jesus is a member of the Trinity. Now, what does that mean? Oh, we could spend weeks on that. But I just want to further complicate your thinking about who he is. <laughs> God is 
awesome. Jesus, as a member of the Trinity, although he says he's God, we see throughout the Gospels that he prays to God the Father, that he relates to the Father. There's plurality in the Godhead. How? I don't know. The Bible gives us not the terminology of uh, the Trinity that has come about through uh, church council in the fourth century, but that terminology has been given to us so that we don't get off in error when we think about God, that God is represented in the scriptures as three distinct persons. And Jesus is one of those persons. He is God. But how do you describe him? Jesus was not only God, he is fully man also. How can you be fully God and fully man at the same time? How can I comprehend that? It's a mystery. Do you see how, how the person, when we ask, who is he, how he in his person is indescribable? There's these, these complex views of who he is. We're not even left with that. What did he do? Not only who is he, but what has he done? The great work that he came for was to die for man. We've heard that for years and years and years, haven't we? Why? Why does he die for man? Because he loves us. He loves us. Can you comprehend somebody giving their life for you? And not only giving their life for you because you're not just a friend, but because you're their enemy. That's awesome. Jesus died. What did it mean for him to die? Can we understand that? Words like sacrifice, atonement, propitiation, reconciliation, redemption. The Bible gives us these words to describe what Jesus did, but do we really understand them? How does his death reconcile me to God? How does his death redeem me? How does his death pay for my sin? How? What he has done is awesome, and his death does it for every single human being who puts their faith in him. He's indescribable. Think with me about Jesus' great cry on the cross. Just think about this for a minute. He's hanging on the cross, and all of a sudden, with a great gasping breath, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Comprehend what went on in that moment when he cried out, God, why have you forsaken? You know, it's not only who Jesus is and what he's done that, that counts the gift indescribable, but it's also the, the means by which it has come. It has come by grace to us. It's a free gift. No single person on earth deserves or earns this gift from God. Not a one of us. Not a one of us. It is a free gift. It's by grace. 
Paul says in the fifth chapter, Romans, the eighth verse, while we were still sinners, while we were yet his enemies, he died for us. What a gift. Would any of us give our precious, beloved child for our enemy? Would any of us give our most prized possession so that our enemy, who is guilty as can be, could get off scot-free? Think about that. How indescribable God's grace is to us. The message of Christmas is joy to the world. Christmas cries out and sings joy to the world. To a rebellious and sinful world. A world that just shines God on. A world that says, I don't need you. God's grace. His free gift. Indescribable when you try to relate to it. There's another aspect in, that makes the gift indescribable, and that's the, the effect that the gift produces in those who believe. Do you know that God's gift does everything in a person's life for them who believe? Everything. Let me just share with you, real quickly, some of the things that God's gift does. Well, number one, it for, provides us with forgiveness. I don't know a single person that doesn't need to have some forgiveness in their life. Every single one of us struggle and suffer under guilt for one reason or another. Every single person on this earth needs to have a place someone they can go to and turn to and say, please forgive me, and have the confidence of knowing that they have been forgiven. And there's no recriminations. How freeing. How freeing. And so when we receive this free gift from God, there is forgiveness. Forgiveness of our sins. God forgets the past. It's forgotten. Psalm 103, verse 12. It says, God casts our sins as far away as the east is from the west. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 17 says the same kind of thing. God forgets the past. Forgiveness. And not only is there forgiveness through the gift, there is justification. You know what that means? That means that we're declared not guilty and we're given a brand new nature, brand new life. That we're born again. Brand new. God takes our old dirty rags and he throws them on the fire, burns them up, and clothes us with brand new clothes. The righteousness of Jesus. We're justified in his sight. What other effects are there? We're adopted into God's family and with full privileges to be children. We can go to him, he hears our requests, and he answers them according to his full and divine wisdom. We're his children. What a privilege. And if we're children, we are also, Paul says, heirs, co-heirs with Christ. That means that we possess all things jointly with Jesus. When the kingdom is, is brought into its fullness... The Bible says that we are going to rule and reign with Christ 
those who believe. What a gift. What a gift. What did Jesus say when he was on earth the first time? He says, about the man who seeks after all the world's wealth, he says, what does it profit a man to gain the wealth of the whole world but loses his own soul? Who turns away from the gift of salvation in Christ, the indescribable gift, eternal life. We receive the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit takes up residence inside this body. He comes with His power. He comes with His life-changing strength. He seals me. That means that He locks me into the kingdom. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't stop there. I receive God's peace. Jesus said, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. He said, let the peace of God guard your mind and heart. Along with God's gift, this indescribable gift, comes indescribable peace. Peace that passes all understanding. You ever been in turmoil? You ever been frustrated? You've been afraid? You just all you could, you'd paid all the money in the world if you had it for just a couple moments of peace. That's what he says. That's part of this indescribable gift. That's the effect in our life when we receive it. Peace. Oh, peace. Another effect is that we receive a new home. You know that Jesus, Jesus is preparing a place for each and every one of us? He said, I go away to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. And I'm coming back to get you when I'm all done, when they're all built, when everything's in order. I'm coming back. Whoa. How many of us struggle and struggle and struggle to get a little mansion here on earth? No peace. We're frustrated with the escrow, the bank, the loan, the points. The realtor's late. The guy, the guy's loan fell through. No peace. And yet, with God comes indescribable peace and comes an indescribable new home in glory in heaven. You know, though the gift is indescribable, it is still to be spoken of. We're still to talk about it. Who is the first person we should talk to about it? Him. That's what Paul says in the verse, doesn't he? The 15th verse of the 9th chapter of 2 Corinthians, doesn't Paul say, and thanks be to who? God, for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God. He's the first person we should talk to about it. But talking about it is not enough. We also, for, for many of us, we ought to be thankful in terms of our life, in terms of deeds. The very first deed. If you have not received this indescribable gift, if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first deed to do. Receive Him into your life. Open your heart. Let Him come in. This indescribable gift at this Christmas time. 
And then thank Him and praise Him for it. And then begin to live your life in service. This is a, a time of giving, isn't it? A season of giving. And as we think about giving, certainly it ought not to be just left to one season of the year, huh? Many of us have much. And there are many, of us, many others around us who have little. Not just in terms of material things, but in terms of abilities and talents and encouragement and so forth. And how we can infuse these things into the lives of the people around us. Jesus was the model. He gave himself away. Everything he had, he gave to others. Until one final day, he gave his life. The ultimate expression of love. And so we speak, we speak about this to God, this indescribable gift. We thank Him for it. We involve ourselves in service. And we speak to others. As unable and as inarticulate as we might be of describing this indescribable gift, we still share it with others, just as the characters did in the first Christmas Day story. The wise men, when they came, they said, We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. What a thought. Wise men. It's the wise man who comes to worship him. The shepherds spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. In the second chapter of Luke. The old man Simeon, when he had seen Jesus in the temple as a child, as a, as a baby, praised God. And Anna the prophetess gave thanks to God and spoke about him to all who were looking forward to the re redemption of Jerusalem. No gift is more needed by a dying world today than a life-giving Savior. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray. Lord, your gift of Jesus to us is indeed indescribable. Father, we have just scratched the surface and looked at any number of factors that show us how, how awesome and incredible this gift of your Son is. Lord, I pray that this Christmas season, as we exchange gifts, that all the gift-giving, all the exchanging, Lord, would turn our minds to you and your one great gift to us, Jesus. Help us to draw close to him, Lord. I pray that praise will be on our lips this night and tomorrow, that we would indeed not only continue to thank you, but, Lord, to tell others that Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. Thank you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.